This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Let's motherfucking go. What's good? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? I'm excited to recap here today, boys. Didn't have the best gambling week. We'll go over the bets. Missed on a few spots. I lost my strap on our little pick'em. We'll go over that. But I was really excited for this event. I felt like it delivered and some of these fights were really good. Some fights were okay. I don't know what it was because it's definitely not the best event I've ever seen, right? The main event was was pretty crazy with the, with the comeback and everything. Crown a new 155-pound champion, but I just I, I'm in that zone, this MMA zone where like that's all I want to do, you know, cuz I'm I'm back to training now. I got my garage set up. I'm back to I'm back to doing the, you know, getting ripped. So all I think about is MMA and I'm and I'm in this zone where you know, my Reds are doing okay. Not doing great. Doing okay, right? They're not the best team in the league, not the worst team in the league, right? So I follow them a little bit. But other than that, I, you know, I don't, the only other sport I follow as closely as I do MMA is football. And football, you know, the draft's over and my Bengals haven't started playing yet. So I'm just locked into this MMA summer spring zone right now. And uh, I love it. That's all I can think about. So maybe I was just so excited for this event that no matter what happened, I've been pumped about because some of these fights were just okay. And there wasn't a huge amount of name value on this card. Some things happen. And, and, and again, I thought it was a pretty good card. Uh, I did my star system, but I didn't do my, I didn't rate the thing as a whole, the old Christian Costello rule. Um, I'll do that right now. Again, I, I, I do everything um, of the night, my stars of the night. I felt like I was a little critical just because I was so excited. And if you didn't deliver, I fucking, held you over the coals of it but i do think some people really underperformed um yeah let's go let's go 3.2 out of 5 3.2 out of 5 i was going to give it a 3.5 out of 5 this obviously wasn't the best card in the world but if i'm being real it's a 3.2 the co-main event uh listen i'm, I'm glad benny darius won and, and and tony got his knee ripped up but it wasn't great Bontarine versus Snell was eh. Chukagan versus Viviana. Eh. Don't know how that made the main card. Edson Barboza, unreal. Um, and, and the prelims were were rough. But uh, let's go to the bets here, huh, babe? Nothing really personal. I had a great weekend so far. Let's go to the bets. So I had two units on Chandler at plus 110. Missed on that. Obviously, I was counting my money already. Um, that sucked. DK, DraftKings gave me a parlay boost. Two-fight parlay boost. Max bet of 50 bucks. Um, it was plus 315 is, is what my parlay ended up coming out as. I took Chikagian and Munez. Thought I might have bought one there on the Chikagian. Obviously, I did that 50 bucks. I did the max bet. Might have bought one on the Chikagian one. We'll get to that. Um, I had two units on the under of picking a right, which was just, listen, that's a sharp motherfucking play. Oh, you know what I mean? Listen, I'm not, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm not the most humble guy. I can be humbled. I, I will admit defeat. Uh, I lost this weekend to Christian. He picked a great card, but and I was I was actually chirping Christian during the pickums, which was a lot of fun. But listen, I'm gonna compliment myself. Two unit under on picket, right? That's a sharp play. And it, it because it's the right play, and because it was plus money, it was plus one twenty five on DraftKings. One and a half was was the under over set at. You knew that fight wasn't going out of the first round. I knew it was going out of the first round, and I actually doubled down and put fifteen dollars. 1.5 units or 0.15 units on the uh, fight to end in the first 50 seconds at plus 800, which I missed by like fucking five seconds or something. I don't know what the official stoppage was. Let's see here. What do they officially stop it? 104. Yeah, so four seconds. I missed it by four seconds. That one sucked, but I hit the I hit the big number, the two units under uh, picking it right, which again was a sharp motherfucking play if I've ever seen one. This guy's a sharp uh, miss point. I only, I almost went heavy on Soriano because I was very confident. He dominated that first round, hurt Yagos with everything he fucking threw, but the guy just falls in the chokes. Missed on that. One unit on Benny. Thank you, Benny. And 0. 0.75, 75 bucks on Edson. Thank you, Edson. That was a plus number as well. 
amazing uh, thing. I actually haven't tallied up what I was. I think I believe I'm down, or if I, if I'm not down, I'm I'm up a little bit. That's something that I uh, I need to get better at is actually knowing and tracking my money because I don't have access to my FanDuel while I'm here in Ohio. Uh, I got to go to the internet. Then I usually figure out. However, <clears throat> I'm going to figure something out. Uh, just do the math, Brian. Okay? Just do the math. However, Ohio has a bill in place. They have legislation in place. They just tweaked it. They said that it is the top priority to get this done before June 30th, before they recess for the summer. Now, listen, Ohio's let me down before in the past with this shit. Um, so I can see them not getting it done for whatever reason before the fucking summer break. I had no idea congressmen and senators took summer breaks. Must be fucking nice. But they do, and uh, hopefully we get this done. That way I can just fucking sit right here talking to the microphone going, you know what? That's a great line. Boom. Bet placed. Um, a lot of people, a lot of my friends who are casual bettors at work are, are a little nervous. Like, well, listen, when sports betting comes, I'm going to lose a lot of money. I kind of like having to drive somewhere and really kind of taking my time and thinking about it. And th- they make a, they make a very good point. However, I'm a very big feels guy. Right. And I feel like, so I feel like I'll, I'll, I'll be okay with the live betting. Cause a lot of my gut stuff tells me certain things and, and listen, there's nothing wrong with hedging, right? Sometimes you could hedge too much, and then you're like, wait, why didn't I make any money? Oh, it's because I hedged fucking all my units I put in. I hedged the other way, and now I'm broken even. But um, that could be a problem. But we'll, we'll find out. All right, let's recap this card, baby. Let's get into it. Recap the fights. We got a new lightweight champion, Charles Oliveira. Also known as Charlie Olives because there's too many I's and E's and I's before E's in that last name that I don't want to be a fucking goof and, and misspell it. But uh, amazing fight. I'm doing this Sunday morning. Wife and kids are at Target. They're going to Michael's and then they're getting lunch. Typically, old dad's got to do. I love my Sundays with my family, right? Typically, old dad's got to go. But I looked at the old wifey and it's like, listen, I gotta, I gotta talk to, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get these thoughts out of my head. I'm gonna be distracted all day. Let me talk, to, let me talk in the microphone and and get these thoughts out. And they, uh, they went. So I'm sitting here and drinking a Mountain Dew because I'm a fucking white trash piece of shit, and I am recapping fights. So let's get into it. Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler. Awesome fight. Was counting my money. Was counting my money. Michael Chandler came out with his hands down aggressive walking forward, got his legs taken out within the first like 30 seconds, got kicked. I mentioned that on the pick on podcast. I just don't like the way this guy reacts when he gets kicked. I'm not sure what it is. Um, and Oliver, I mean, yeah, he's a good kicker, but th- that was my biggest concern. And within the first 30 seconds, he got put down with it with a nice calf kick. Um, but he was a man on a mission. He wanted that first round finish. He wanted, he knew that his power is significant. He knew that, if he pressured Oliveira and really didn't let Oliveira get off his stuff, that Oliveira was eventually going to fold. And in that first round, there was an opportunity for Oliveira to fold. He got clipped. He got cut with a good left hook. Took take to, um, took Chandler down. Beautiful double leg. Chandler had a nice little guillotine there. Gave up on it, which I thought was smart. Um, I, I mean, Chandler, unless he has a, a, an incredible guillotine. I mean, Oliveira's been submitted for John, uh, Jim Miller submitted Oliveira, but... Um, unless your squeeze is that good, you got to give up on that. Don't blow out your arms. Oliver had his back. I'm sweating. Chandler exploded out of it. And when they got to the feet, he just started throwing bombs again. Really cracked Oliver, put him down. Thought the finish was there. A lot of people, and, and I think I kind of agree with it, you can make an, a case that if, if, if Chandler just... Instead of playing this guard stuff and standing over and kicking legs and, and, and kind of taking his time, if he would have maybe had Oliver stand up uh, when after Charles got hurt, it, it could have been a different night for him. But he decided to play the guard game. Chandler's never been submitted before. So uh, is that true? He's never been submitted before? I could have swore. No, he submitted Eddie Alvarez. Never mind. Because uh, I, I could have swore he got submitted by Alvarez, but it was I, I had that I had that reversed. Um and then the second round, he comes out again. He, you know, was like, listen, I had this guy hurt. I'm going to go finish him. And he just doesn't put his hands up. He's not moving his head. He's throwing big, big shots. And uh, he got caught with a beautiful, beautiful check left hook. Perfect position by Oliveira. Dropped him, finished him. Charles Oliveira is a fucking killer in there. When, when, when he has you hurt, he's going to finish you. 
and we got a new lightweight champion. Uh, an awesome way um, for this fight to end. Chandler almost guaranteed victory in that first round, almost put him out. I think a judge scored at 10 8, uh, which I think is absolutely crazy because Charles Oliver had his back at one point. I think I saw that on Twitter. I could be mistaken, but Michael Chandler almost put him out. Awesome first round. Second round, Chandler just was making those mistakes. He's coming out with his hands down, throwing big shots, and he was just so confident that his power was going to change everything. And he just forgot to put his hands up. He forgot to be defensive-minded. He forgot that Charles Oliveira is also a good striker. Um, and Chandler had the same assessment of, as Oliveira as I had. Oliveira's quit in the past. He's, he's, he's got that quit in him. He's going to quit again. Chandler said that in, in a lot of this fight leading up. I bought into it. I believed it. I think I even made reference on the podcast about it. Um, and then Oliveira was like, yo, that was 10 years ago. That was however many years ago. I'm a new dude. I'm 31 now. I'm training. I'm bigger. If you look at his earlier fights where he's up 45 and then he was forced to go to 55, he's very thin. He's filled out. He's long. He's, you know, pretty strong. I mean, he took down Michael Chandler with a, with a great double leg. I mean, he looked really good. And it, it was an impressive win for, uh, for Oliveira. I'm, I gave him a four-star performance here. I gave him four stars. I gave Chandler three. I love the fight. Oliveira almost was a five-star for me. I like the way he battled back to adversity because that's the way I thought he was going to lose. That's my big knock on Oliveira was um, when the tough gets going, he's not exactly built for it. Well, he showed that he is because he got hit pretty hard. He, and Michael Chandler's a great finisher. And, and he battled back and he took some big shots, went back to the stool after that first round recomposed himself and went out there and fucking knocked out Michael Chandler. Um, so he gets a four for sure. Uh, I went six and six on my picks, by the way, <clears throat> and we already went over my bet six and six on my picks. It came down to the main event for Christian and I, uh, Christian, and I picked, uh, and, uh, I picked a horrible <clears throat> prelim card. I went over five of my first picks, which has never happened before. And then I slowly start chipping away. Got all the main card fights, right? Except the, um, the main event that came down to Christian and I, Christian had, uh, he was the only one out of the group, out of me and Timbo and him, obviously, to have Oliveira. Timbo and I basically laughed at him, right? Same thing with the Jacare, which actually worked on our favor, but he made him his mortal lock. He made him send him home. Uh, great read by Christian here. You know, Christian was very confident. A lot of people, including myself and other cappers, really liked Chandler in this spot. And, and I like that Christian was very fucking like, you know what? No, it's fucking Charlie Olives. And I'll tell you why. I like confidence, even though it stings that I'm not the champ. Christian's the champ right now. Um, and it came down to that final fight that we disagreed on. And, and you know, I think I clowned on him a little bit. Uh, it was a great read. It was a great pick. I think he won money on Oliveira, too. I think he, you know, Christian's one of those guys that if he's going to pick it on the podcast, he's going to fucking bet it. Um, so... I know he texts what he won. I, I, I'm not going to be able to scrub through that and find it, but he did He did put money on Oliveira, a nice little price, got some money back, um, and, and that's good for him. So uh, the only thing with Oliveira, though, is I don't think he's going to defend. Uh, I think he's going to lose. So if you look at the lightweight division, right, Chandler I don't think deserves an immediate rematch. Listen, a lot of people were mad that he got this fight to begin with. You got Poirier and Connor fighting in July. Connor tweeted out he's the 11th lightweight champion. I wonder who 12 is going to be. 12 is Connor's number, you know, proper 12. Everything lines up 12. He, you know, he's a big believer in that. He's got to get past Poirier, right? And uh, you got Justin Gaethje waiting in the wings. Like, what do you do with Justin Gaethje? Charles Oliveira, if he wants to spin this around quick, Connor Poirier is going to be in July regardless of the outcome of that fight, someone's going to get fucked up pretty much in that fight. You know what I mean? They're going to be banged up. I don't know how quickly they can, the winner of that can turn around. Connor, if he wins, he probably doesn't deserve a title shot, but listen, that's Connor. So that's probably what's going to happen. Dustin Poirier should have been fighting last night, but he took the money fight, which is smart. So if Poirier wins. Um, he's getting all of air. In my opinion, that's who should be. If not, Justin Gaethje's there. I know he's coming off a loss to Khabib. He hasn't fought. He wants to fight. He's coming out saying, why can't I get these fights? I'm, you know, like a month ago, he's like, I'm exactly what Dana White talks about. You know what I mean? And, and I can't get a fight. And they said they had some plans for him. Uh, Dana White addressed it and said, no, he's in a good spot. Justin Gaethje's in a good spot. I like the kid. So what do you do with him? So if Oliveira wants to spin this around, I know he almost got knocked out. He's going to take a, a month or two off 
probably a little bit longer. But if you're looking at August, if you're looking at September, you're going to need to fill this lightweight spot. Is poor Gay a guy who's battled injuries throughout later part of his career? Is he is he going to spin around that quick? I know Connor. If Connor comes out unscathed, he's going to want that fight no matter what. Um, so it's interesting. And then Chandler's obviously be waiting in the wings. I like Chandler Daryush. I like Chandler Ferguson, maybe, if you want to get crazy, because you know Chandler's not going to really wrestle Ferguson. They're going to stand up. Chandler's going to need to fight somebody. Gaethje's in a good spot because he just fought Khabib. No one was touching Khabib. So I can see Gaethje getting that shot at Oliveira first, even before Dustin and, and, and Connor get sorted out, right? Um, I can see them. It really all depends on Oliveira if he wants to spin this round quick or not. July's two, three months away. Oliveira can take a month and be like, I want to get back in there. Who are they going to put him up with? Well, it's going to be Justin Gaethje. Um, and I like that fight for Gaethje. And I'm going to tell you something. No cap. That's what the kids say. I'm saying it now. I like that fight for Connor and Dustin too. I don't know what it is. I just, I can't buy into Oliveira. He's very talented. He's unbelievably talented. The most submissions in the UFC history. Uh, the guy has built into his frame. He's 31 years old. He's striking his lights out. He's, he's, he's very, very good. He seems like a, a good dude. Like, you know, him and Chandler had very, you know, they're shaking each other's hands. He high five Chandler's corner. But why is it that I don't think he's going to beat anybody? You know what I mean? I feel like if he fights Poirier, Poirier is going to stop the takedowns and piece him up with his boxing, right? And and I think Oliveira can be hit. Same thing with Connor. And then with Gaethje, you know, I think Gaethje's just a fucking a bull in a china shop. You know what I mean? He's going to just go forward like Chandler did, and and I think he's going to learn a lot from the Chandler fight and not make those same mistakes and and win. I mean, those are those three guys that are probably going to get the title shot next, and I just don't see him beating any of those people. I, I don't know why. Someone, someone tell me I'm wrong. Someone tell me I'm wrong because I don't know. One last thing. We'll move on from this from this main event. <clears throat> the one thing, and I tweeted this out, or not tweeted, excuse me, I texted to the boys. I know it's not cool, I guess, in MMA to really back America. You know, Chris Wyman kind of does it, but a lot of fighters, and I've addressed this before, like Michael Chiesa, Born in Washington, has some Italian blood. He wears like Italian colors. Rosam Yunus, she's American, but you know she's got the Lithuanian blood. She wears the Lithuanian flag. You know Mexican Americans who are born in America, but they rather celebrate their Mexican heritage. And there's nothing wrong with that, really. It bothers me a little bit. And I know <clears throat> America isn't perfect, and we're kind of you know looked at it under a certain light with all the fucking terrible shit we got going on with the police brutality and the racism other countries are fucked up too you know what happened in Palestine and Israel right now is absolutely fucking gut wrenching but i really really respect the fact that michael chandler reps america hard this guy comes out with the american flag always is a proud american and i really like you know i i have don't really have any biasy towards anybody where they're from i the guys that i the guys that are my guys list, they're from everywhere, right? But for some reason, I really like that Michael Chandler is rapping America hard, always comes out with the flag. Um, I know Wyman does too, but it's just something different. I really, really like that. I know it's corny, and I know it's not maybe cool to say that because of whatever, and all these other fighters, they want to find their distant cousin that was fucking, you know, for, you know, 14th, 15th Navajo or some shit like that, and, they, and they're going to rep that, you know, and again, there's nothing wrong with it. You celebrate your history. 23andMe is big right now. We're all mutts. We all come from all different parts of the world. But, you know, being American is what well, I'm something I'm very proud of. And I think it's cool that Chandler reps it. Sucks that he lost. I am a Michael Chandler fan. He he sold me on this lead up. Um, and, and I'm gonna root for him and watch for him. I think he's must see TV. He's always an exciting fight. So I just want to say that. I just I just I just feel like that's a cool thing that he does and uh might not get talked about enough, right? Um so, yeah, Benny Daryush, Tony Ferguson, got this fight right. I won on this fight. Um, Benny got a three. Tony got a one, star-wise. Uh, it was just a grapple fest. You know, I've I've said this before. I said it on the podcast, and it's just one of those things where I never once – I want to see Tony Khabib because they built it up, but I never once thought Tony was going to win. Never once. You can check the tapes. I always was on Khabib. I always thought Khabib – We'll be able to take him down and murder him. Tony has been on record numerous times saying 
Khabib can't take me down, uh, you know, unless I want to go down, right? His his takedown offense is is not good. Charles Oliveira exploited that, um, and Benny Darius did too. Benny Darius is a strong grappler, strong jiu-jitsu player, um, really good takedowns as well. Coming from a pure grappling based, he has really good takedowns, really good double legs, and he took Tony down at will. Uh, was landing big left hands. Tony's head movement was kind of crazy. I don't even know if Tony landed that many punches. He landed like an up kick and some elbows off his back, but I don't know if he landed anything on his feet. He seemed second-guessing himself. He seemed a little underprepared for me. Seemed like he didn't get the proper sparring in there. Almost also seemed like he didn't really want to get hit all that much either. He's moving his head a lot, which is good, but he's moving his head in kind of an awkward way that moved his body and moved his hips where Darius was like, well, fuck, if you're going to keep bobbing your head like that, I'll just jump out your legs and get an easy takedown and then just dominate on top. Um, and, and that was the path of victory that uh, Oliveira used, and it was a smart move game plan by Darius. Now, is it winning a lot of fans? No. Tony's going to be the fan favorite. Texas went crazy for him. Um, and Darius is, you know, uh, got booed after the fight. Again, it was the most exciting fight, but he dominated Tony Ferguson. I mean, he absolutely fucking dominated him, tore his fucking knee up. Tony got in that ankle lock, um, that, yeah, that leg lock and, and fucking his knee. Benny said it popped and Tony said, no, I'm good. And, and apparently after the fight, his ankle was swollen and his leg was bothering him. You know, Tony's just, he's made different. He's built different. The dude is, is a savage, but He's getting exposed, you know what I mean? And and that his run throughout everything, not many people really took him down and and, and they want to stand up because he's very hittable. But he has that dog in him where he, he's gonna take a shot to give a give a shot and, and his cardio was was <clears throat> next level and toughness next level and it, it really worked out for him. It really did. But when you get the elite elite guys who are now really game planning for you, and they're like, oh. I'm going to take this down. Now it's, it's a little unfair to, to look at Tony's record and be like, Oh, these were all really good matchups for him. Cause that's a little unfair to do, but it kind of was like, he fought guys that weren't like elite wrestlers. Like he fought guys that they knew were going to kind of keep it standing. The only guy was Kevin Lee took him down, but then Kevin Lee gassed and got choked out in the third round. Um, Dos Anjos can wrestle, but he didn't. He decided to stand up. Donald Cerny, Anthony Pettis, those guys aren't going for takedowns, right? Lana Venata, he's not going for a takedown. He took that fight on incredibly short notice. Edson Barboza, not going for a takedown. Josh Thompson, maybe going for a takedown, right? And Gleason Tebow, probably going for a takedown. But that was back in 2015. That was so many years ago that, you know, it's like, you know, what are you going to do? Danny Castillo, who was a good wrestler, Tony won by split decision back in 20, uh, 2014. Very close fight. And Tony's jiu-jitsu was and is pretty good. But when you get a guy like Benny Darius, who very heavy on top, not probably going to get submitted, right? Um, you got to come out with a different game plan. He decided to rework everything. Um, Freddie Roach in his corner, which, great. You didn't box at all, dude. You did nothing to box. You got Ben Saunders, who trained with him at um, 10th Planet, old training partner. I think that was his lead corner. And then he had uh, an old wrestling coach, Dave Mills, in there. And he kept talking about it was the ultimate fire days. And I called Coach Brock and I did this. I'm getting back to whatever. Physically, to me, he looked, <clears throat> he didn't look great. He looked thin. He looked to be in shape, but he didn't look great. You know what I mean? I feel like at 155 with his frame, I know he's getting a little older or whatever, but he just physically, he just didn't look all that good to me. And then, um, and then his game plan and his in the way his mind's at, it's just not good. Uh, and he, if you're an elite guy talking all that shit and not being humbled after your two losses, um, you're going to get a one for me. And Benny Darius got a three. Um, I wish I would have seen a little. I mean, he did try to beat Tony up. Tony's kind of a freak there. I wish I would have saw Benny. Well, I mean, maybe I take that back because, you know, he did win for that knee bar and, and the knee bar popped. And Benny probably was like, yo, if he's not tapping to a fucking leg lock, it wasn't a knee bar. Excuse me. If he's not tapping to me popping his fucking knee then what, what's the point of me even wasting my energy on these submissions? I should just stay on top and beat the shit out of them. So maybe that that was the case. But, uh, yeah, it was a good fight. I won on Benny. Uh, well, how many units I have on him? One full unit on Benny. So thank you, Benny. Benny Dayush. Rodrigo Bolturin versus Matt Snell. This fight, uh, listen, Matt Snell is a very talented guy. I did not like hearing on the broadcast that he kind of, Makes his own tra training camp a little bit, right? He lives in Houston now. I was wrong. I said he was in Sacramento. He's bouncing around. He was at AK. They're talking about a broadcast. ATT, AKA, Baton Rouge, 
or Lafayette, wherever he's from in Louisiana, went out to California, Sacramento, San Jose. I mean, he's been everywhere. Now he's in Houston, kind of running his own thing in Houston. Then he drives to Fortis MMA in Dallas a couple days a week. I don't like that. I don't like when a guy runs his own thing. Um, he went into the corner saying, oh, he's lulling me to sleep. This was this was a, a fairly close fight, but this was a Bontarine who was out of shape, who you need to put the pressure on, and you didn't. There's past the victory for Matt Snell here. I picked Bontarine. I didn't have a money. I didn't have money on him. I just picked him. Nice little plus number there, but miss weight, refused to cut a pound, which tells me that guy was depleted. He was 160 something pounds when this fight got announced. He had to cut 30 pounds in 25 days or whatever it is. Um, and he looked, he didn't look physically, he didn't look great, if we're being honest with you. He he didn't he held up cardio-wise. He's a big power puncher, but when you're Matt Snell and you have skills, you gotta move forward. You gotta throw some kicks, you gotta move cut angles, your hands are good, your combination's good, and you're faster. It was a very close fight. Don't get me wrong, he didn't get blown out of water, but this could have been a lot easier for Snell, in my opinion. Um, I had it 29-28 Bontarine. I think one of the judges had 30-27, which is which is insane. I had it 29-28 Bontarine. I had him winning, but it was a very close fight. I can understand if you had another way. Uh, if you had Snell winning, it, again, this isn't a robbery. This was a very close fight. However, Matt Snell was the better fighter in there. He, he was the less, he didn't have as much power, but he was the better fighter in there that just didn't seem to take advantage of it. And then when it went to the ground, Snell was scrambling a lot, but at this point he was already hurt. His mouthpiece was out. He got rocked, and, and that third round was a rough round for him, but if, if he would have just done a little bit more and kept the pressure up, just like Dan Thomas said, it would have been a lot easier for him to have won this. And and you put a pressure on a guy who missed weight, who has a problem of gassing, gassing the Kai Car France fight. That's what you need to do. Matt Snell was just stuck in the first gear and 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 Bontarini was just waiting the counter. And Matt fell for it every time. When you got a guy waiting the counter, you put him on his back foot, you kick his legs out, you throw feints, draw the counters out, and then you land your shots. Snell was the faster guy through really better uh and through really great combinations, but he just didn't use any of that, right? He just walked into the counters and 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 he fought dumb. So he got a one to me just because I felt like he could have fought a lot better. And Bontarini got a three. The guy misses weight, he's he, his cardio is compromised, and he dug down to beat a top 10 flyweight. And Matt Schnell and, and and didn't look terrible. I mean, look good in the Kai Car France fight after a, a super long layoff. Could have finished that fight, should have finished that fight, and then just kind of gassed out. In this fight, he's getting another top 10 guy on a crazy weight cut, not himself, right? He definitely wasn't fighting full force and um fought a decent game plan. He knew he had a counter, he knew he couldn't lean, he knew he couldn't press forward because of uh of his cardio issue and then that third round he decided to grapple a little bit which paid off for him that was his most dominant round so he got a three for me Bontarine's a guy that um i think that kai car france is gonna be an ugly loss just because of the way it went down but i think he's a legit le- legit dude at 125 if he can fucking make the weight all right next up caitlin chikagian versus vivian arju 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 i have a hard time pronouncing her name so i'm just gonna say vivian a uh, lot of controversy on this fight. Well, this is just your classic Caitlin Chikagian fight. She's going to fucking try to outpoint you. Listen, this was close. I mean, I think Vivian's corner thought she was up to Caitlin Chikagian clearly won round three. Vivian slowed down a little bit. This is, this is as close as they get, but this is what Caitlin Chikagian does. She got a two Vivian got a two. I, uh, you know, we all were on Chikagian. This is my mortal lock. I had her in a parlay and my DraftKings parlay boost. I wouldn't have been. I would have been mad if she lost because I lo- I lost money. I'm fucking competitive. I want to win all the monies, but listen, it's a close fight. It's a close fight. Um, I have to watch it again. I'm probably not because it wasn't my favorite fight. But if I ever do watch it again, I'll properly score it. First two rounds are close. A lot of people thought Vivian was up the two rounds, and Chikagin won the third w- w- without a doubt. Vivian, I believe, you know, had Chikagian down, had her mounted, and then a judge didn't give her that round, which is pretty crazy. You know what I mean? Um, that's, I mean, that's insane. But uh, it was close. It was close. I'm going to go ahead and take the win because I had money on it. She was my final leg. Munez already hit. I got this at a really decent parlay boost on DraftKings, which is pretty sweet. I got, you know, plus 315 with, with both fighters. So um, I'm going to take the win. I ain't giving any money back. But they both got a two, you know, didn't love the fight, shouldn't have been on main card, whatever. All right, Essen Barboza versus Shane Burgos. 
a fight I motherfucking loved. Uh, Edson, underdog, which surprised me a little bit. Shane Burgos is a dog in there, but Edson at one forty. Both these guys at one forty five are huge. They just kept talking about how Edson was. I mean, Edson shredded, shred city, but uh, yeah, that that um, but both these guys are absolutely fucking giant. Hurricane Shane, I love this kid. This kid's legit. I'm worried about him. I'm worried about how many how much punishment he takes. His boxing's great. His wrestling is really good. He's got some submissions. I just, he's that dog that wants to get out there and fight. And uh, the way he got knocked out, that delayed knocked out of the brain is is fair, is is kind of scary. It happened at the gym a million years ago with me. Not me. I wasn't involved in it, but two high-level guys were were sparring and and uh the one guy was just finishing combination you know he he, he, you know one two was very light sparring and he was finishing with a high kick and the other guy just wasn't ready for it and he got kicked dead in his head no headgear the guy was wearing shin guards but no headgear and he's like you all right and the guy's like yeah and then like a second a beat or two later his leg just gave out and he fell over and his eyes rolled back in his head it was very delayed and it was scary they called the ambulance they rushed the thing he did have a concussion so they modern with the concussion. But other than that, he was fine. Burgos tweeted out that he was fine uh, after the evaluation at the hospital. But it's not a good look when a guy takes so much, such a beating. I mean, Josh Emmett put him down like how many times and how many shots he did with Emmett and then the Calvin Cater knockout. Like this guy needs to learn a little bit of defense. That chin can work for you if you don't put it in harm's way so much, right? Like that chin that he's got is, is amazing. But if you put it behind some really good fucking defense, so you don't have to rely on it so much, that would be that much better. Um, but to me, Edson Barboza, which I think everyone has known, <clears throat> is an elite striker. His kick game, his heart, his cardio, his timing. I've I've shit on Edson hands before. I don't think his boxing's that good. His boxing looked great. He was a dog in there. He had a huge gas on his shin, kept kicking. Um, he boxed the boxer, you know, a little bit. He, he obviously mixed in kicks in there. The body kicks were great. The spinning back kicks were great, but he countered really well. I mean, the punches is what put Burgos out. Uh, so with that, I mean, it, it's with, I mean, come on. I mean, who else could it be? I mean, that's is a five-star man as a five-star performance. He looked fantastic. Shane Burgos tough as they come. They gave Edson an underdog spot here. He's undefeated at 145. I only regret was not putting more on Edson here. I was very confident in this pick. Me and Christian picked this. Timbo was on uh, Burgos' side. I like Shane Burgos a lot. He, he's, he's a talented dude. I think maybe 155 is, should be his home. He's very big. He's very big for 45. Edson is lean and shredded. And Bar, or excuse me, and, and, and Edson, well, I thought, was a good size 55er. He's even more lean. I don't know where he even cuts the weight. He has to like cut, he must have like a huge fat dick and he can just cut it from there because I have no idea where he's cutting this weight from. Burgos is really wide backed, right? This dude is, is a thick, thick boy, decent sized legs on him. He doesn't have chicken legs. You know, he's 30 years old right now. I, I, and he's got a good size head on him as well. I think 45 might be, might be done. I think some of the punishment he's taken, some of some of the the uh, punches that have been delayed and all that. I think I've always been a proponent of not weight cutting. We don't have to. Being the biggest guy in the weight class usually isn't the best thing in the world. I think Burgos goes up to fifty five, and I think he does well. I think I think a move has to happen here. He got a two though, and and, and Barboza got a five. That's a five star performance. I really like that performance by Barboza. His boxing was on display. His toughness was on display. Um, and he beat a really fucking good guy at 45. And he finished him, too. Uh, I love that. I love that. Barboza, 3-0 at 45 now. A guy that uh, they've matched him up well, you know. And he's fought the killers at 55 and, and has been he's gotten a dog shit kicked out of him up there. Got fucked up pretty good. And, and now he's found a home at 145. As long as he can make that weight carefully and, and and you know I, I like to see it 45 is a very interesting I think Edson Barboza versus a Josh Emmett it's very interesting to me um I don't I, you know I don't I don't play matchmaker right away because I'm not very good at it but it's a guy that's jumping out of me at you know Josh Emmett's been gone for a little bit he blew out his knee and Barboza Emmett is, is Emmett's very highly ranked but listen Barboza's got the name and he's three and in that vision so be interesting to see um Burgos again 
Love the kid. Love his attitude. Love his toughness. Love his skill, too. Uh, just needs to go up to 55. I, I think 45 is too much for him. He's, he's, he's too big of a guy. He's 30 now. You know, in your 20s, you can get away with that shit. At 30, you're like, all right, I'm, I'm going to put him. Because if he puts on some muscle, he's going to be a big 55er. We might look back and go, how did this? And I know we're going to. How the fuck did this guy make 45? He's a big boy. You know, I think he needs to go up and wait. I think that's going to help him. All right, Andre Muniz versus uh, Jacare Sozo. Oh, boy. Muniz got a four. Sozo got a one. Um, this was Timbo sent him home. This was my uh, start of my parlay. Boost. Munez, slight dog. Listen, I, I, I'm high in this kid. I think his grappling is, is good. I thought he would maybe stand a little more. Jacare's a little wild. His stand-up looked a little... It almost looked like to me that Munez said, I'm a better grappler than Jacare, and I'm not going to really work on stand-up all that much. I'm just going to strictly work on grappling because... His left hand looked very slow. His his timing looked off. His head movement looked bad. Um, the only thing that looked okay was his defense because Jock Ray was swinging those things. Goes to the ground. Jock Ray just doesn't move the way he does anymore. He's very strong, but his hips are shot. His knees are shot. He just he just doesn't move. And then Munez got that arm and fucking popped it. It was so loud on broadcast. It was so the audio was so loud. And here's where I'm a sick fuck right. So I can't watch Anderson or, or Wyman break their leg. I get squeamish, but I could watch Sosa. I can listen to that fucking arm pop over and over again. Like that's that was a beautiful technique by Munez is that armor's trapped and he fucking took it and he knew Jacare's a fucking savage. Like I got to break this thing or he's not tapping. And Jacare's even a savage because he broke his arm. He just sat there. He was bummed that he lost. He didn't even give it. He wasn't screaming. He was like, oh, fuck. He stood up, smiled, and hugged the dude. Like, his arm fucking snapped, and he just was like, ah, fuck, I lost. Like, never mind the excruciating pain in his arm, because he's broken his arm before in jiu-jitsu. He's just like, fuck, I lost. But I think this is probably Jock Ray's maybe last fight in the UFC. I don't know what his contract situation is. Getting paid a lot of money is a big name. He's 41. Can't compete at uh, in, at the highest level in this division anymore. Um, I think it's time for him to go. I'm sure Bellator will welcome him with open arms. He worked with Scott Coker in Strikeforce, so uh, it's not like Jock Ray's going to be out of a job or anything. But, yeah, Munez, again, needs to clean up a lot on the feet. Big kid for this division. Jiu-Jitsu lights out, but needs to clean up some stuff on the feet before I really put a stamp on him. But this is a four-star performance. He went out there and broke Jock Ray's arm. This is almost a five-star his, his stand-up looks so bad to me that I couldn't give him five-star. But um, when you break Jacare's arm, a legend of Jacare, uh, yeah, you're going to get a four-star from me. All right, next up, you got Lando Venata versus Mike Grundy. I was the only one on Lando Venata. This fight, very, very close. It's 3-2. I had Lando. I gave Lando a three. I gave Grundy a two. Tim, Timbo, had Grundy in his DFS. I'm not sure if he um, bet him straight up or not, but he was, he was very upset with this fight. So... This fight, the commentary team was uh, very biased. And I never check the tapes. I love saying check the tapes. I never bash on the commentary team. I'm never like one of those guys like, oh, Joe Rogan needs to get out of there, right? Um, at times, like I've I've the only time I've ever really ever said anything was was Dom Cruz. I think Dom Cruz is obnoxious. I just I don't like his commentary. But other than that, I really don't bash on him that much. I know a lot of people love it's a good narrative of you know, fuck these guys, you know, they don't even talk about, you know, this and that. This was a pretty bad one, right? Grundy came out there, was was going for some takedowns. Lando is just a cool dude. He's a fucking groovy guy, man. He's groovy Lando. Got some swag about him. His technique is perfect. So it's easy to be falling in love with that considering Grundy's going for these failed takedown attempts. However, Lando wasn't doing much. The punches weren't didn't have much steam behind him. Grundy was pushing the action. Grundy was landing the harder shots. He landed some really good right hands. It was a very, very close fight. Um, I had Lando. I didn't bet him. He's a plus number. I really should have betted him. I, I, I was confident in this fight. I did not think his takedown offense and his get-up game would be this good. I thought Grundy would slow down and then Lando would take over and it would be a very close fight, kind of the way it was, but just a, a, a different version of it. Um, but... You know, uh, I, I forget. I think I had it 1-1 going into the third. I was texting Tim about it. Tim was very upset 
about the commentary team, which I he 100% has a point for. They were 100% biased. And uh, I feel like this could have gone either way. I saw people online having it for Lando. I saw people have it for Grundy. Could have gone either way. Um, I think I, I, again, I have to watch it back. I think I lean Lando, but I, I, I really don't know. It was such a close fight. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, Lando Venato looks good at 145. You know what I mean? Looks shredded. This is a move that he's been supposed to make for a while now and never did. And, and Grundy's a ripped up 45er and he didn't gas and he, he missed on some takedowns, but Den Thomas, again, who was on fire last night, said it best. This guy either is striking or grappling. He doesn't know how to mix it yet. Um, you know, he's 15 fights in. I think that's what he's got to work on because I do think his wrestling is really good. He does have some power. Stand-up's a little pushy. A lot of his punches, he pushes his punches out as, as opposed to snapping them out. But if he really can combine those two, he could be he could be a problem at 145. He could be maybe not a problem, but he could he could really compete. So uh, yeah, so the uh, Lando got a three and, and Grundy got a two just because Lando won. All right, Jordan Wright versus Jamie Pickett. This this one stings. We all were on Pickett. We all risked Pickett um, for the risk, risk it biscuit risk him pick him whatever the fuck I called it. Pickett was my send him home. I had second thoughts going to Indiana. I placed two units on the under one and a half. Thank you, 15 bucks on uh, at the end in a minute, and in a minute four, missed that by four seconds, plus 800. Riff, stiff, yikes, bikes. Uh, listen, Jordan Wright, you know, I, I don't see a future for this guy. Jamie Pickett, I thought, would come out and fight a little smarter. He got caught in there and got taken out. It's a shame from Wilmington. The guy's got a great story. Um, you know, he got a one though. Fight IQ very, very low. I mean, you go out to Jordan Jordan Wright, you, you, you gotta expect this blitz. You gotta expect a guy who is powerful, regardless of how shitty his record is, and regardless of all the shit I talk about him, he does have power. He can't put you out in that first round. He's a one round, one round fighter right now. Um, and Pickett fell into that fucking trap and and got caught early and and, and couldn't recover and and, and just kind of went out there a little unassuming unassumed that Wright could do that to him and it's like did you watch tape on this guy this fucking guy can, th- does it to a lot of people every every single one of his wins is pretty much this so um Wright got a two and, and and I'm not I'm not I'm not ready to give this guy this fucking serial killer Jordan Wright any credit I'm not ready to yet and I'm not gonna 2-1 Jordan Wright thank you for winning me the under though I need it that win thank you all right, Angela Lee versus Anatina Shevchenko. Well, I got this fight wrong. Did not bet it, but Shevchenko stinks. She got a one. Angela Lee got a three. Angela Lee, this is the Angela Lee that we all expected to come in the UFC. Striking was good, tough as nails. Went to the ground, held on a triangle for like, felt like 20 minutes. Finally got the arm bar. She did a lot of things wrong in that triangle. Um, you know, she was blowing our legs. She should have switched that arm bar a, a lot sooner. But it is a win, um, and good for Angela Lee and uh, Shevchenko. Probably not going anywhere, right, because of who her sister is, but she stinks. I I don't want to see this. If she ever makes a main card again, I'm going to fucking throw This wasn't a main card. This was a prelim. But if she ever makes a main card again, I'm going to fucking barf. Like, this girl is not good on the feet, does not react well to getting hit, is not good on the ground. I have no idea how her sister is so fucking good and she is so lousy. Um, it's alarming. It really is. Um, but she stinks. Good for Angela Lee. Seems like a good person. She went through a lot with her piece of shit husband beating her up a couple years ago and um, she's really rebounded well. And This is a good win for her. Good win for uh, Angela Lee. All right, Priscilla Cachoeira versus Gina uh, Mazzani. <sighs> Mazzani. Mazzani got a one. Cachoeira got a two. This fight was slop city. Cachoeira cannot stop a takedown. She's tough as they come. Her cardio did not fail her. And she she's like zombie girl or something like that. She marches forward. Manzini gassed. Or I keep saying Manzini. Mazzani. Do I know a Manzini? Is that why I keep saying that? No, it's Mazzani. Gina Mazzani uh, gassed hard. Hard, hard, hard. She knew... Going into this fight, the only way to win is is the muscle this girl to the ground. She's got uh, Priscilla has good striking. She's coming off a good knockout. She you know is powerful, and Mazzani just blew it, dude. She blew it. She was not ready. Might have had an injury. Something happened in camp. I don't know how you sign this fight, make a game plan, and you don't have cardio to finish your game plan. Um, yeah, Mazzani gets a 
Mazani gets one. I thought I mispronounced her name again. Mazani gets one. Priscilla gets a two. Neither of these girls really do anything for me at 125. Priscilla, if she gets put in there with someone who's just willing to stand and bang with her, it can be very exciting because that's what she wants to do. But she has a lot of holes in her game. Uh, I like her heart. I like her toughness. But other than that, she is... Uh, She's got some problems on 125. All right, Tucker Lutz versus Kevin Aguilar. I got this fight wrong as well. Uh, Tucker Lutz, weird body Tucker Lutz. This dude looks 50, looks like a railroad conductor. He's 26. He's got a weird body. I don't know if it's the facial hair or whatever it is. I uh, look good. He slowed down that third round. Kevin Aguilar showed the heart, showed the grit, showed the toughness, did not slow down. Tucker's going to have to correct that. You know, he's a big 145-er. That, the weight cut could have been bad, you know, whatever the case may be. But... Uh, he did slow down, but his left hook was money. His wrestling looked pretty good. He mixed it up well. Kevin Aguilar is a decent fighter. He's really falling off a cliff. I feel like this guy just hasn't improved. Um, he stayed with this camp. They, they even made a mention on the on the broadcast. Like if I'm going, he said a quote from him was, "If I'm making anywhere in this sport, this could be with these two guys, like his two longtime coaches." That's fine. Take your coaches with you to get different looks. You're not improving. You're the same fighter you were in the LFA. You're in the UFC now. You need to get better. Your tricks, your overhand rights, not tricking anybody. Even though he did put on a pretty good performance in that third round, he's landing a lot of shots on Lutz. I think that was more Lutz fading than anything. Tucker Lutz, again, needs to fix that. His striking, his left hook looked pretty good. His wrestling looked there. But if he had cardio, he could be something at 145. Um, after this performance, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him again. But uh, he got a three. Kevin Aguilar got a one. Might have been a little harsh on Aguilar there because um, he did rally in that third round and showed some heart. Probably should have got a two. But again, hey, listen, this is Brian from Saturday night. I don't correct past Brian, okay? First fight of the night, Christos Yagos versus Sean Soriano. Man, this one hurt. I was all over Soriano here. Plus 176, one of the bigger underdogs on the card. Had money on him as well. Um, he gets a one and listen, that's maybe brutal possibly because I like to win the first fight of the night. It would have probably changed my trajectory. I mean, I did okay on the, on betting, but certainly I winning the first fight of the night as a big underdog would have been really nice. And he had it won. The first round was, was dominant. He hurt Yagos everywhere. He did. And his takedown offenses is, is look pretty solid. And then gets taken down. And what does he do? Just stands up and exposes his neck gets darts, gets choked out. This guy has so many choke losses on his record. He just falls into them. Um, his striking looked good, though, man. Like, his striking looked good. His, his striking defense didn't look great. He's a 145-pounder. He was up in a weight. Yagos is a pretty good-sized guy at 55, but he had this one, man. He had this one. I was counting my money after that first round, and this one hurt. Yagos gets to two. I should have maybe gave Yagos a little more. He battled back, and... But he didn't look. He didn't do anything to impress me. I mean, Sean Soriano just gave him his fucking neck. I was like, "Oh, you have a dark stroke? Okay, take it." So that's what it is. All right, that's it. That was the pay per view UFC 262, six and six on my picks. Christian is now your new champion. Ah, I I I had never won it since we've done this, right? Um, and and I've I'm very critical of fighters who can't defend. I was a fake champion. I'm a paper champion. I couldn't defend. Tim Timbo defended it fucking a hundred times. I couldn't defend it. It was it was close. Came down to the last fight, but I just couldn't get it done. All right, last little things here. Take a little drink of the nectar. Last little things. So I recapped Charles Oliver not being champ for long. We talked about that. I got some notes here. Yeah, I got fucking notes, guys. Um, and uh I, and we, I outlined that I, I, you know, we don't have to go over that again, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's my problem is. Anyway, Dana White addressed John Jones. Everyone's talking about John Jones. John has been releasing a lot of training footage and, you know, his size and, and the weight he's putting on, he's deadlifting stuff. John at this point, it's hard. It's a hard situation because he wants X amount of money, right? He wants a certain amount of money. His management team and him split up. He has no management currently. He's tweeting out that he's meeting with, with management teams. I think management teams that aren't even really MMA managers. I think he's going outside the business. I, I don't really know. I think John Jones, Tim and I have talked about this before. I do think he's underpaid. He is the pound for pound goat right now, right? A lot of people are going to make the case for Khabib or whatever. And everyone has a different opinion, but John Jones is the pound for pound goat right now. And I'm not a John Jones guy. I'm just calling it like I sees it. 
And um, he wants X amount of money. Dana White's not willing to pay him that money. Like, fuck it. I don't need you, right? John Jones, uh, John Jones Francis is what we all want to see, right? Dana wants to make that fight happen. However, he doesn't want to make that fight happen at X amount of dollars that John Jones is. I think at this point, a little bit of a pissing contest. If you think that when John Jones split with front management, the Cabo brothers, if that had nothing to do with the UFC negotiations, you were out of your mind. They both came out. It was an amicable split. We're both happy. We just decided to go our separate ways. That is business talk of saying Jones is fucking up his career a little bit. The Kawa brother, he Jones probably went to the Kawa brothers and like, Hey, I've been underpaid for X amount of years. Time to get me paid. If you can't get me this number, then you're fired. And the Kawa brothers who negotiate with the UFC all the time. No shit. There ain't no way I'm getting that fucking number from this guy. So let me save face. And instead of firing me, we can mutually part. That way, our brand's not ruined and you're not looked at as a, as a bad client. I guarantee you that's what happened. So Dana addressed it. And Dana said at the press conference, someone or the post-fight, someone asked him, what's up with John Jones? So the rumor earlier this week was John Jones and Stipe. Winner fights the winner of Lewis and Naganyu. Jones immediately shot that down and then deleted the tweets. If you're John Jones and you haven't fought a heavyweight yet, your resume tells you and tells everyone you immediately deserve a title shot without a doubt. However, the UFC is fighting back on, we're not paying this guy this amount of money or whatever it is. So it's, it, it's going to be, it's going to get ugly before it gets worse. I think, or going to get ugly, uglier before it gets better. hundred percent. John Jones is a stubborn guy, right? Obviously with, with the way he lives his lifestyle, he does what he wants. He's going to continue to do what he wants. He is going to be set in stone with what he wants. Now, I floated the idea that you move up to heavyweight the minute Francis wins. All of a sudden, you're like, you got to pay me this. No one told you to move up to heavyweight, bro. There's a little bit of fear there. But then they offer you Stipe, which I think will be a great fight for you in the summer because Stipe is taking some time off. Late August, maybe September, um, you get Stipe. Winner fights Naganyu, Lewis, whoever. Let's be honest, it could be Naganyu. In December... That's a huge fucking fight. Naganyu, Stipe 3 is a big fight. Jones, Naganyu is an even bigger fight. But I don't know if that's going to happen. Dana White said, I don't care if he fights again. It's up to John Jones. Either he takes the fight, he doesn't take the fight, we'll give it to Stipe. He can't ever fight again. Dana, at this point, is a little tired of it. And uh, it again, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly. Jones is set in his ways and set with how much he wants to make. There's rumors that he asked for $30 million. He came out and said, I never asked for that. Then there was another one. He said he asked for $20 million. Said, no, one's, no one's asked for $20 million. So what is it? Because you've kind of alluded that $8 million was way too low and then that you were looking at a higher number. But, you know, what is it? And again, as much as is, I don't think John Jones is ever going to get Connor pay or Khabib pay because, unfortunately, he doesn't have a country behind them like those guys like you know or a really a whole religion with with khabib you don't have to be from dagestan or russia if you're a muslim you're you're rooting for khabib jones doesn't have that so he's never going to bring in the numbers that those guys have but it he is the pound for pound king and he deserves pound for pound money now is that conor mcgregor money probably not and that's just the, that's just business it's unfortunate but that's just business right tom brady was the best quarterback in, in the longest time, he uh, ever, right? The greatest quarterback ever. He's not the highest paid quarterback, right? He, he, I don't think he ever has been. He's finally making some serious money now in Tampa, but in New England, he didn't make that much money because that's just the way, the nature of the beast. It's just sometimes the way it happens. And uh, it's, it's unfortunate. I don't know if that was a good analogy or not, but listen, the Dana Jones feud is something I'm going to keep an eye on because that's something that uh, that um, is... Uh, <laughs> It's curious to me. All right, last thing here, uh, Cody, the the Cody Garbrandt versus Rob Font this weekend is a fight I've been looking forward to for a very, very long time. And uh, I confess to the boys in the group chat, I'm going to confess to you here now. This might be hard for me to say. Um, Took some soul searching, um, but I'm finally ready to admit it. 
I am a huge Cody Garbrandt fan. I am. I am. I, I have been. I can't make him one of my guys, even though he is. My guys list is reserved for guys that I get on early before they become champions because it's so easy to add a former champ to your list and be like that, you know, that's a front runner type stuff. But I, Cody's very corny. He didn't come off well in the ultimate fighter and he's not a smart guy. His trash talking with the cruise lead up was not good, but, um, after some reflection, I, I really like the guy. I re- I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of him. I'm a fan of his skills. I do think he's corny. I, I think he's dumb, but I, I like the guy. I, I don't, I can't explain it. I mean, obviously I like watching him fight. I think he's an incredibly talented fighter. Um, and then the whole trash talk stuff, even though it's so corny and not good, I find myself watching it quite a bit. Like, so, you know, if you go down a YouTube rabbit hole, all my YouTube suggested videos are like, you know, MMA related stuff or boxing, you know, equipment related stuff to podcasts or, but it's random shit. But every once in a while, you'll get one that Cody Garbrandt's worst trash talking moments or a compilation of that. And I watch it. And as much as I should like shake my head and be like, this guy sucks. It's endearing to me. And I like it. And uh, I like him because of his skill. I think he's one of the most talented fighters there is. And, I, and I'm being dead serious with him. But being dead serious, I've, I've thought about this, and this could maybe ruin my reputation as a guy that knows what he's talking about. But I think Cody Garbrandt is close to being an almost perfect fighter. If Cody Garbrandt had a better mindset, and if Cody Garbrandt had a better chin, defensive abilities, he would be a perfect fighter. Now, you could probably say that about any fighter out there, but Cody Garbrandt's speed, his boxing, his cardio, and his his takedown defense is so good that he he won't get exposed by wrestlers if he got in there with a true wrestler. He's not going to get out cardioed by anybody, and his boxing's lights out. Problem is, is he gets hit a lot, and he has no chin, and that his mindset will go, oh, I should throw eight right hands here. Now, he obviously looked good against Sun Sal. He's got a fucking stiff test against Rob Font this weekend, who's an incredible boxer. I cannot wait for this fight, but I felt like I owed it to the audience to kind of have a little confession time and to tell you that I am a huge Cody Garbrandt fan. I am on, I am on the train. I am subscribed to his YouTube channel. Um, I think it's kind of cool that he takes his son everywhere, right? I don't know if he's a good dad. I don't know any about that. I think him and his chick broke up, but... Uh, you know, if you watch his like vlogs or whatever he does, he takes his son everywhere with him. You know, he's from Ohio. I know everyone's going to be like, oh, you like him? He's from Ohio. He's from Cleveland. I don't love Cleveland. I don't like the city of Cleveland. Okay. If you come to Ohio and you go to Cleveland, you're going to be like, oh, okay. I get it. They have like four downtowns. First off, their downtowns split out like four different ways. It's obnoxious. You come to Cincinnati, you're going to be like, oh shit, this is cool. I guarantee you, okay, Southern Ohio is what I like. But I do respect the fact that he's from Ohio, Ohio grit, Ohio toughness. You know, we got some of the best wrestlers. We got amazing football. You know, you got to represent Ohio a little bit. But I want to be completely transparent and let you know that um, I am a huge Cody Garbrandt fan. So when I do the pick this week, if it sounds like I'm very biased towards Cody, I am. Um, And it's just, it feels good to get off my chest. All right, that's it. That's the show. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for everything. Listen, we're almost at 200. It, listen, listen, I'm not in this for numbers, right? You're not going to hear me talking numbers too much, right? I, I I begged you guys to rate and review. You did it. You rate and reviewed. Amazing job for you guys, right? Still want some comments so I can send people some shit. I got a lot of shit I can send you. Again, I'm willing to do it free of charge. You give me an address. You get some shit. Um, for doing me a favor, but I'm at 199 followers on Twitter. Twitter is my favorite platform. I think I have over 200 on, uh, on Instagram. Twitter is my favorite platform. It is impossible to get Twitter followers. In my opinion, I don't know how people do it. Maybe I'm just not good on Twitter. I think I'm, I'm great, but I'll send out a tweet. I'll tag it UFC, whatever the event is that weekend. I'll get five or six likes. Sometimes I, one time I got 30 likes on a tweet I send out. 
Not one of those translated to a fucking follow, right? So I'm almost at 200. I'm at the mile marker. I was at 199. I tweeted out a picture like, who's going to be 200? Someone stopped following me. I went immediately to 198. Someone's like, fuck this guy. You're now two down. But I did just gain a new follower. So I'm at 199. If you're listening to this and you are not following MMA Takes Podcast on Twitter, please go do so. Also subscribe on YouTube. Also do it on IG. I'm not very good at IG. I always say I'm going to post. I don't. I'm trying to get better. Um, but yeah, go do that. Subscribe and uh, follow me, whatever. I don't fucking know. One thing, if you haven't seen the podcast, uh, if you didn't see the video podcast, I shaved my head. I did it. My hair length finally reached the proper uh, length that I needed. I was emailing back and forth with wigs for kids. Um, they're in Westlake, Ohio. They, they, they are a, a nonprofit organization that helps childhood cancer, you know, kid, you know, kids that have cancer that lose their hair, you know, so they're not so self-confident to wear wigs. I grew my hair out for that reason. I didn't know where I was going to donate it to. There's a lot of different companies out there, but I, I settled on wigs for kids. I was emailing back and forth and I was getting tired of my hair. It was driving me nuts. Wind blowing in my face, the fan at night. I mean, it was, I've never had that long of hair before. It was, it was, it was, it was driving me crazy. But they said, listen, we, we need some hair right now. If you can get 10 inches, we'll take it. So I had two niners on the top of my head. So two ponytails on the top, nine inches, and two on the back, five inches. Wife cut them off. We're going to ship them out. Haven't sent them out yet. They still got to send me some of the paperwork. Anyway, doesn't matter. I'm also going to donate a little bit of money to them because I think it's an important cause. And um, I want to share that with you. I don't, I, I don't think what I did was is going to make that big of a change. It, it, it definitely isn't. But childhood cancer to me is being a father and just being a human being, all cancer, but really childhood cancer to me, seeing a sick kid, seeing a kid who didn't get to live their full potential, did nothing wrong. They were born with a rare genetic thing or a rare thing that they developed cancer. And it's so unfair and it really, really pulls at my heartstrings and it, it, and it kills me. And as a parent, you're, 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 designed to protect your kids. Like I'm very protective of my daughters. Like when Winnie was born, I got into arguments with people who would try to reach in her, her fucking um, stroller and touch her. It's like, Whoa, what the fuck? You know, this is pre COVID. Like, what are you doing? Don't touch my daughter. Like, I don't know you, you know what I mean? So as a parent, you're very protective of your daughter, of your kids, not just daughters, but your kids. And then cancer comes along and you're powerless. There's nothing you can do. And just imagining that feeling as a parent is, is horrible. And then just imagining your child who doesn't even know what cancer is, doesn't know why they're sick, doesn't know why they can't play with their friends going through something like that is, is impossible to even think about and, and even have to deal with. But there's parents out there that deal with it and they're brave for their children and, and should the children fight this bravely and beat it. And, and sometimes they don't, but regardless they're doing it and, and they're fighting with all they can because, you know, and they want to live their life. And it's just so soul crushing, heartbreaking. And when quarantine hit, my hair got a little long. I decided, you know what, this will be the only time I'll ever do this. Let's grow the fucking thing out and cut it. I know I complained about it all the time, but it, it, it's something that I wanted to do. And like I said, I'm going to, uh, wigs for kids, a great organization. And, uh, and even if it just helps, one kid, no kids, whatever. It's something that I felt like I wanted to do. I'm not rich and famous. I'm a nobody. Um, and if and I was rich and famous and, and didn't have to work for a living, just or work, but had a more free time, I would literally donate a lot of my time to this cause because it means so much to me. It's so important. And it's, it's just really unfair. As, as heartbreaking as it is, and sometimes you got to muster it up and go there and be for the kids. And that's why I have so much respect for like a guy like John Cena, who I don't particularly like, I'm not a wrestling fan, but he's done more make a wish for than anybody by a long shot. Like, I think that's very important. And uh, yeah, sorry to get all sappy at the end of the podcast here, but want to let you guys know, fill you in the hair is cut. Um, and I, and I donated it and uh, it's just, um, it feels good, right? It feels good. I'm not one of those guys. It's like, oh, I'm going to donate anonymously. No, I need my name out there. Okay. There's still an ego to be filled here, but really there's no ego. It's, it's simply me having this opportunity to do it, I guess. And, 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 and doing it. And again, it's not changing the world or anything. It's not that important, but it was important to me. And, and I'm glad I did it. And, and hopefully 
some kid out there can use it and, and it goes to goes to good use, you know, because that's the most important part. All right. Sorry for the for the sad sap at the end here. We'll be back later this week with some motherfucking pickums. Uh Cody Garbrand versus Ralph Font this weekend. Let's go. Hey fellas, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.